Greetings and welcome to another edition of Trinity Radio. I'm John the President. Along with me is Braxton Hunter and John Dunphy. Hey, John. I was going to introduce him. But oh, okay. sorry about that. Hey. And today we have John Dunphy. All right. There we go. <laughs> We got Dr. Braxton Hunter, pretty talented and well-known apologist, shared the stage with the William Lane Craigs to the Mike Laconas to all those guys. Jonathan Pritchett, Dr. Pritchett is here and he is a New Testament guy and does a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts, a lot of debates, so on and so forth. So is the guy on the left Jerry Lewis and uh, Braxton's trying to be Dean Martin here? <laughs> the straight guy and the funny guy? They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this, it, I, I, I was not impressed. I need a dumb guy. Do I have any volunteers who wants to be my sidekick, the dumb guy? Respectfully, that sounds like a little bit of a dodge. I'm claiming victory. It's where I come from, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. John, welcome to Trinity Sucking Radio. Sucking all the air out already. How you doing, John? Yeah, thank I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. So some people may wonder, uh, who is this person and what's going on? Well, if you have been paying attention to the YouTube atheist uh, apologist back and forths that go on all the time every week on channels like Modern Day Debates and Capturing Christianity and The Non Sequitur Show, and uh, there's probably a few others, uh, you'll know that uh, John goes under the name of his ministry slash channel, JMD Apologetics 101, and he has moderated debates on there with some pretty important figures, and he has had a ton of interviews on his channel with really, really uh, prolific apologists. Including After you. all, I've been on his channel. Right, and yeah. I have not, so what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I know what that means. I know exactly what that means. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna talk with you, John. But uh, but first of all, Doctor Pritchett doesn't even know much about you. So let's let's introduce you to uh, our listener audience, and and I'll I'll explain why we have you on here. So uh, tell us your what you're doing, what your channel's all about, what your website is all about, wh where you're going to school, what you're doing. Uh, just let us let us into the mind of John Dunphy. Yeah. So basically. Uh to make a long story short, I guess, I basically got into apologetics or coming across people you've done a few responses to, like Jacqueline Glenn. I don't think you've done one to Dusty Smith, uh, TJ Kurt. This was about 2014, my sophomore year of high school or thereabouts. And uh, basically, I didn't hear any good answers to their questions and objections, which are mediocre now, but at the time, I thought they were like, right. you know, defeaters for the Christian worldview. And I basically came across apologetics started out as a young earth creationist, headed more towards the uh, William Lane Craig side of theology, you could say. I hold, I guess I'm holding more to some Thomist theology, like natural theology and stuff like that, or negative theology. Uh, and my website is christiantruthrapologetics.com. I basically believe apologetics is going to be the next form of evangelism that the church needs to take to reach my generations and the generations after that. Uh, you know, there's a so yeah, there's a there's a really I don't remember his name. There's a really attractive uh, 
guy that looks a little bit like uh, Jason Statham who wrote a book called Evangelistic Apologetics because he buys into that very uh, concept. But, you know, Mark Middleberg says that uh, evangelism in the 21st century is spelled apologetics. And, he's and right. while we would say that, that, that there, there are distinctions uh, if and he want. didn't even have to write a whole book on it. Right. Either. He just <laughs> right. says it. But th- there are <laughs> distinctions, uh, but they are. There's a lot. There's a lot in common there. There's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. And so uh, we're on the same page with that, John. So, so you're you're excited about using apologetics for evangelism, and you're going. I think you're going to uh, to uh, school for ministry, aren't you, or something like that? Yeah, I'm a double major in biblical studies and philosophy and then a minor in student ministry i may change that to a major because i could probably triple major I'm, I'm the only Molinist on campus and all my professors are calvinists so that's always fun and presuppositionalist yeah so that's um, always fun well it's not but, trinity college but, but, the bible and theological seminary so it doesn't really matter anyway. right i mean who cares yeah go ahead i mean i went to biola right, cool. yeah. yeah well good you get along with them okay great yeah. well so so uh you know, I wanted to have you on here because. So, do you not like presuppositionalism? Um, I think the more if you use a tag argument and then say, "Hey, look, we have these things called laws of logic. What's the best explanation? What's the necessary preconditions for this?" I think that's better than uh, but I think that's more just classical apologists just going under a different label. You could say I think that's better than the Saiten and James White stuff that you guys have covered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the best bits of uh, of the method j- to to show where there's borrowed capital, to show where there's inconsistency or incoherency and the lack of foundation. But I, I un- unlike diehard presuppositionalists, I don't see the the need for reform theology as some sort of underpinning for that at all. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, not for the method anyway. Right. But yeah, yeah I mean, I'm not yeah. opposed to it. But you're, you're, you, well, you're, I, you're. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I was just going to say a good book that I think is sort of pre-sup like, but is by a classical apologist is Stealing from God, which is by Frank Turk. He basically argues that there are six things in the acronym of crimes, and basically you need to presuppose God to argue against him, almost like. Uh, that's not the way he phrases it, but that's what I pick up from the book, at least. Right. But you said you're more in the Thomas tradition, and, and you, you like. Um, I, I, I'm not a Thomas because. I'm a Molinist, and I, I think when you read some of Thomas Aquinas on his view of God's knowledge, I think it's compatible with Molinism, but right. I agree with the idea that we don't know what God is, but rather we know God by what he's not, because we don't really have a good idea what it is to be timeless, spaceless, and material, but at the same time, you can make a logical conclusion, since matter, time, and space has a beginning at the Big Bang, and so on. But you're, you like... You like uh summa contra gentiles in five ways and using kind of a natural yeah. theology approach okay yeah so yeah. uh you're not supposed to exist john because i keep hearing from all these atheists that young people today especially the smart ones you know I, every time i look on my youtube comments if there's a if i see a if there's a video with a young person in it or something like that who seems smart they'll say oh well he'll be an atheist in a few years you know there's that guy that that kid uh gregory i don't know if you're aware of him jonathan but yeah there's a kid gregory who's like uh i don't know 11 years old and he's debating did everybody. he debate t-jump i think i think so yeah and uh and and everybody's putting in the comments well he is really smart probably has a really high IQ, so he'll be an atheist here in a few years. So you're not supposed yeah. to exist because clearly you're a really sharp guy, and um, and you uh, – ha- ex- how 
so explain to me, how is it that a person like you has not bought into the atheist stuff? I know you said when I did the video uh, response to Jacqueline Lynn, you said originally, like you just said here, it kind of rattled you a little bit. Um, but but what 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 brought you back? Was it apologetics or was it just a commitment to, uh, you know, I, hey, I've been a Christian for a long time, so uh, I'm just committed to this. Uh, did, did you, I mean, what what happened? Well, I, I'm just a, I just go by the title apologist so I can, you know, make a quick buck. So that's basically. That. <laughs> yeah. And you're dishonest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Use car yeah. salesman. If where you disagree with me, you're clearly dishonest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just found that the competing worldview of atheism, I think consistent atheism, you can find yourself as a lack of belief atheist that you're just not convinced. But even then, there's criteria for that that I don't even think they meet when they take that route. But uh, I just found arguments for other religions and other worldviews that I've studied. Of course, I haven't looked at every single worldview out there, but I see positive evidence for Christianity being true. So I go with my conclusion of what I have studied at least. Now, so, were, you, were you raised in a Christian home? Yeah, um, that didn't really help me when I came across, you know, those right. objections and so on. Right. So, so I, w I was raised in a Christian home, too, which I'm thankful for. Um, I don't see that as a bad, oh, you know, you're just a Christian. No, you, everyone comes to the point, like John did, where you have to actually be confronted with ideas that compete in the marketplace of ideas that want to take down Christianity, and you, you have to reason through this, and you have to look at all the evidence from both sides and all of that. And so you kind of have a watershed moment at, at every point, and then Christianity still comes out on top for, for many of us. I, I get it that it does it for others, but you're... You, you're in the arena of probably more savvy with the YouTube stuff, with the modern theology debate, or what, what is it, the modern debates? You've shown me a few, Braxton yeah. showed me a few yeah. of those. Um, so you hear arguments all the time against Christianity, and yet you still find Christianity comes out on top. So is that part of what... People think there's a danger in apologetics that if you get too deep into that world you could walk away from the faith but you found being in the thick of it, it c continues to reinforce your belief is that is that fair yeah i think that's completely fair and it gives me something to do because i have a lot of free time sometimes so picking up a book and reading it is sort of a fun you could call me a nerd i guess yeah um but i i i've looked at more scholarship and what i've realized at least uh i did a video for my second second 1,000 subscriber special, second part to that, I guess. Well, I just responded to YouTube atheist comments I came across, and literally, if you just go through most of these popular YouTube videos, you're seeing the same exact comments, and it's just like, hmm, seems like a lot of research skills here. I just, <laughs> this is an argument for my position being correct, but, you know, the research skills compared to that and apologists, I find the apologetics more uh, researched, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I always hear from atheists. Well, you guys just don't care about the evidence, and you don't, and you you're you know you're trotting out these old tired arguments that you think count as evidence. But we we uh, are actually the ones interested in the evidence and concerned about facts and science and all these things. But as I've learned over the past couple of months of looking at these atheists, the the people that are supposed to be the the people, you know. That, that, that have the, uh, that represent the atheist position, these propagandizers. And, and some of them, most of them are really nice people, I think. The ones that make the videos that I've responded to are, are very nice people. 
But what I have just been shocked by and really surprised by is that if I go to a YouTube channel, like if I go to Mike Winger or on your channel or Michael Jones or Cameron Bertuzzi or my channel, I think, I'm getting arguments, I'm getting evidence, I'm getting reasons to believe. When I go on their channels, I either get mockery, and I'm not complaining about that, that's fine, mockery is not necessarily a bad thing so long as you back it up with something, but I get mockery, I get the same, a lot of times the same uh, cookie cutter bumper sticker responses, though sometimes they're, they're uh, phrased more eloquently than others. Uh, I, I just last week uh, responded to uh, an atheist that I'm going to release the video soon, but um, it's for our patrons. Paul right Ogia. Now. Yeah, Paul Ogia or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's a very bright guy. It's clear that that he's 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 thought about these things. But even there, I hear some of the typical responses. For instance, with the Kalam cosmological argument, you know, the first thing we get in his video on that is, well, you know, this argument we've just read the whole argument and it doesn't even mention. God. You know, it's the whole Matt Dillahunty thing of this isn't an argument for God. Now, is it? And I'm thinking there's a there's like it must be a website with all of these things written down. And it's like where we would do our devotions or pray and read the Bible at night. They go through these things. I don't know. But I think I really think that the and I, know I'm, I don't mean to talk too much here and want to talk to you, but I, I really think that one of the reasons that this sort of phenomenon is so convincing even to some Christians, that it causes them to stagger, is just the unbridled confidence that these people exude when they're doing these things. And on top of that, not only the confidence, but uh, the, the, the mockery of, uh, well, you just believe in your sky daddy and you know that you believe in Santa Claus and all these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, to a person who doesn't, who doesn't know apologetics to the depth that we know it, uh, that can be really powerful. That can move someone. And if I can play the Christian version of Pine Creek for a moment, um, you atheists out there that want to make an impact, that's, I think, probably the most powerful thing you do is when is the mockery, the compare it to a mythological creatures every chance you get. Um, but the thing about it is, and the reason that channels like yours are so important is, uh, we need to be actually point, saying to everyone, hey, yeah, that was great. And rhetoric is is good, but rhetoric doesn't change the facts. And I also want to be careful before I kick it back over to you to say that there are people out there, um, there are channels out there from atheists where they do, I think, get away from that and do try to actually, I think, deal with it in a really uh, rigorous way. And so those are the kind of people that I want to in the future respond to more. But but so it's not everybody. And if the shoe doesn't fit, then don't wear it. But I do think that impacts a lot of people. And from your testimony, we were hearing that it had an, a, a rattling impact on, on you as well. Well, yeah, the straw man of uh, Sky Daddy, where, you know, the, the magic genie in the air that grants you your every wish, basically, when they ask you, well, when God prays, I, I believe it's a question in the 78 questions for answers video, like, does God care about the quality or quantity? And it's just like, clearly the quality mm -hmm. or a mixture of both, perhaps, but you know, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, do they have an index of uh, responses <laughs> to all the arguments, even though they're straw men? My one friend invoking theism, he's a part of the channel, uh, so everyone should go check out his stuff. He takes forever to make a video, but when, whenever he does, it's pretty good. Okay. But uh, he was talking to an anti-theist on his campus, and literally uh, the anti-theist was like, yeah, there's a whole index that I get all me." get all my information from and he was I think he said that he was using it during their conversation I sort of laughed because uh, 
well, when you brought up that index. But uh, you, you also mentioned there are other atheist channels out there, skeptical channels that are good. Now, I, I'll say Cosmic Skeptic has some interesting stuff. Sure. Steve McRae, uh, I, I like listening to him because he's the most philosoph- philosophical, consistent non-believer I've come across because he's an agnostic, and uh, he doesn't go by agnostic atheist. He's the guy on the non-sequitur show, right? He's got the long white yeah, hair. That, yeah. yeah, well, did you hear what happened recently? No. Um, I probably shouldn't say too much about that, but basically uh, the non-sequitur show isn't really a thing anymore because of certain things that happened. Wow. But uh, anyway. Drama. Yeah, I, I like yeah drama basically. I like his stuff. He's I like uh, listening to his philosophical arguments and stuff. And then uh, Cyrus, Cyrus the skeptic. I'm friends with him. He's helped me with a few tech issues. So yeah, theists and atheists can get along very easily. Well, yeah, I mean, but, I like the. I think the most effective ones are the ones that. Uh, who is the one that genetically modified? Is that the one we talked uh, talked yeah, about? Yeah, genetically modified skeptic. Together? Yeah. Yeah. When I see people who are charming and friendly and they're not angry on YouTube, uh, I think that's more effective than like the Richard Dawkins, you know, spit and vinegar kind of approach. Uh, he does spit vinegar, doesn't he? Yeah, I, but <laughs> I, I I don't I see a lot of atheists throwing him under the bus, you know. Yeah. Uh, in the academic community, for sure. But now he just doesn't seem to be relevant at all mm. anymore. I mean, nobody's talking about Dawkins, and, and, you know, or the four. I guess when Hitchens left, all the charm went with him because yeah. <laughs> because nobody ca- cares about Dawkins. Few people are talking about Dennett, you know, only those interested in, like, uh, philosophy of mind, maybe. Uh, nobody's talking about even Sam Harris anymore. You did a video. I did. I'm talking about him. Yeah, you're keeping him relevant because no one else cares. I mean, but it seems like that whole whole thing is in the past, and it's the Dillahunties and and the genetically modified. Those seem to be the future of popular rules. Yeah, yeah. See, see, you're you're in a uh, those guys are going to get book deals probably. I want to ask you in a little while about yeah. your interviews that you've done, uh, because when Jonathan and I were uh, your age and into apologetics, the thing about it was you couldn't, you know, YouTube didn't exist, or if it did, it was in its infancy stages, and so as a result, you couldn't just contact your favorite apologist and and say hey let's let's jump on and do an interview together that was, just wasn't even possible so you had to go to some conference and stand in line and yeah, maybe you get we, to shake their we hand we had we had yeah. we had mcdowell and geisler and craig habermas and habermas and that's pretty much it yeah and sometimes ken ham on the side <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that was our but you you're in this what's often billed as some golden age of apologetics and you're talking to your favorite apologist and my favorite and his favorite apologist, more yours than mine, I guess. Oh, I thought you were saying that both you guys were currently talking with your favorite apologist. No, he is. Me. T- he is. T- oh, no, oh, oh, he okay. talks to people way more awesome than you. Hey, he's got David Wood. Right. Uh, I love David Wood. That's anyway, a forever setup. <laughs> well, I imagine he's a busy guy, but how did? Okay, yeah. so so here's the question: of all your inter- and maybe this would get you into trouble. So. Maybe you can just talk about a memorable moment. But I was going to ask you, who of the putting me out of it? Obviously, I mean that would be easy. But um, who is your favorite interview that you've done? Who who did like which one? Like oh man, that was just that was awesome. Probably the David Wood one. Yeah, I uh, imagine. Um, geez, I'm trying. You guys probably know the interviews better than me. I have a horrible memory with uh, past videos. 
I know I have uh, that list on there. The Braxton Hunter guy, he was okay, but you yeah, know. That's, thank you. Thank you. He uh, was okay. He's got to keep that Patreon money coming. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, uh, you know, he did this cool video with Michael Jones of Inspiring Philosophy. Oh, yeah, I've done where, like 17 with him. Yeah, but he did one where he played an Only atheist. Only one was cool is what he's saying. He, he did one where he played as an atheist. Yeah. Uh, John was an atheist. Oh, and, yeah. and he wore a little hat like an atheist. <laughs> and uh, have you got it with you? <laughs> yeah, he's got his atheist yep. hat. <laughs> and uh, and so Michael Jones was on there, and he was he kept firing off at Michael Jones. It was great. Um, and look, if you're an I atheist, cl- I clearly won that debate. I mean, oh, it's no question. It's no question. I love uh, of all the atheists that have uh, debated Michael Jones, you did the best. Yeah, as the a Christian. Christian atheist. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but but here's the thing: if you're an atheist out there and you're bothered at all by what we're saying, uh, calm down. We're we're just we're just having fun here. Yeah. All right. So, well, it's, uh, some of the things they say about uh, us is, you know, I'm, I'm surprised I'm calm most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been told to kill myself a few times. Right. Uh, over the past so, so have I. <laughs> yeah. when, when you first start out, uh, they're like when I had under like 20 some subscribers, I'll get attacked by atheists. Like they, they, they subscribe and hit the notification bell just so they can instantly dislike your stuff. Right. And I. And leave a comment they, without watching the video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually I got up there where they just don't care anymore. I eventually get a few like i got a few dislikes on the responding to atheist comments uh but surprisingly not too many comments i think they just they literally travel in groups and go to a small channel then uh work on that for a little while then when when you don't like i i just stop responding to them after a while and they're that doesn't help them out or you know it doesn't help out so I'm you, trying to think of the way to describe it, but basically they move on. If no, I know, I know what you yeah, mean because, like, just just last night, I've got I've got uh, probably six or so uh, that that just always swarm every video, and I'll think that that video has kind of run its course, and we're on to a new video, and they'll still keep hitting the old video, and I'll go over there and I'll say, "What? What? Like, is this a full time job for you? Like, what are you, what are you getting out of this?" Yeah, do you, I would say the same thing to a Christian who's doing that right. today. I'm sure there are. But what what are you what's happening? You obviously aren't impressed by me, so so, so find somebody you are impressed do, by. Do you yeah. let most comments stand, or, or is there some that you end up deleting on your channel? Um, I you know I I do believe in free speech and so on. And if it's something stupid, I think most people have common sense to realize a stupid comment. Right. Uh, so I I let it stay up just so uh, you can see the horrible arguments. Because I, I think when you actually get familiar with apologetics, seeing those arguments actually help deal with some of the doubts because just like, oh, this is the other side you're dealing with. But obviously not every atheist argues the same. Uh, yeah. I'm not if, saying that. I've gotten to where if I find um, if I find an atheist who's, who's sensible and says something like, hey, you know what? I think everything you believe is ridiculous, but I uh, really like the way you say all this ridiculous stuff. I'll pin that comment. Those are the ones that I pin. I try to pin the atheist comments that are nice. Yeah. So, uh, but all right. So, so, but if you were in a moment of doubt, John, um, as we all know, uh, there, there come moments of doubt. Uh, Gary Habermas once said that he had a page on his website that was a page of, called the Hall of Faith. There he would put all the people who had never experienced doubt, and it was a blank page. Because everyone experiences doubt. I think everyone of any worldview experiences doubt. So, uh, in those moments of doubt, are there, is there one or more arguments or evidences that you that you kind of instantly come to mind, and then you're like, oh yeah, obviously, duh, 
you know, is there anything like that for you? Well, as Aaron Rodgers says, I just use the shield of faith to block that defense against all reason, which is the purpose of apologetics is to just, you know, ignore ev- arguments and evidence against <laughs> right. the war. That's right. So, no, um, I, I just, you know, it depends on the issue because if it's something in my own life or, uh, you know, all oh, apologetics doesn't necessarily touch on that. And, you know, it's just something when I don't get my own way sometimes and it's just like life doesn't seem to be going, I'll have emotional doubts like that, the emotional problem evil, you could say. But then I sort of use apologetics to say, oh, well, this is obviously true from what I've studied or I'm at least convinced of it. And I think it is true. I would argue that's true. So I should probably go where the evidence leads and just deal with that doubt. But when it comes to intellectual doubts, I guess sometimes uh, um, divine hiddenness can seem like a powerful argument at times because it's just like, what about people who have never heard? And uh, there's a lot of speculative arguments, but I think there are also good points on our side that deal with some of those points. But you don't deal with every point with that argument. So sometimes uh, I may have doubts with that perhaps, but... um. Yeah, I do have doubts. And- I, I think that that's, that's typical. Um, when my doubts come, it's, and apologists never think about this enough, that it's hardly ever intellectual problems with arguments and evidence and apologetics and the faith that cause your doubts. Yeah. It's usually a personal crisis or an existential matter uh, of some kind or you know tragedy, loss, whatever. Uh, those are... Those are the ones that I think apologetics makes for a good buffer when that happens. But, you know, I'm an atheist twice a year, maybe, maybe once a year, you know, become a pagan for 10 minutes for 10, 15 minutes. And it's because and it has it never has to do with anything intellectual. Yeah. Right. And and that's uh, from our worldview perspective. I mean, that's uh, maybe the intellectual thing happens to people. Not I've not heard a lot of apologist deconversion stories. Yeah. But I have heard a lot of Christian deconversion stories, and yeah. it almost is never intellectual. And so I think the enemy, you know, in our worldview, Satan and his his cohorts, I think that's one way that they attack us uh, sure. is not through the intellectual, but from the emotional or the... the yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. that's my experience as well. The intellectual side of it has never been a big problem for me. It just hasn't. Yeah. I was rattled, the people that know my story, I was rattled by a friend who became an atheist. Uh, like you said, you were, but not not in the sense of I'm not sure I believe it, but I just don't know how to respond to what he's saying. You know, right. that that was never, it's, it's never intellectual to me because here's a little bit of chest thumping from our side, since there's a lot of it from the other side, I don't mind doing it. The fact of the matter is, I, it's not, it is not because I'm unaware of the arguments right. they use. It's not because I don't understand. It's not because I'm not open. It's not, but I find the idea that there is no God uh, in light of particularly, specifically in my case, the design argument, uh, a design argument and or a uh, cosmological argument, various kinds. I find it l- just absurd the idea that there's no God. well here's the thing i don't know how you i don't know how that gets off that's the easy for us to really say don't. you and i at our age are you going to be the nice one this no time? no i'm just saying we're significantly older than john yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at our age it's unlikely that in our lifetimes we are going to hear something new on this right we're not going to hear something that we haven't heard before or that's not related to something that we've heard before put in a different way that after 10 minutes of thought, we're like, yeah, I'm still a Christian. That's not convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But someone like John, not John himself, but someone in his age group. Where he was when he was Where rattled. he was, or yeah. even at his age now in college, just that mm-hmm. age group. If there's not people like John around, mm-hmm. right, to debunk this kind of thing, then, I, you know, we talk about people. There are people, not John, that are leaving the Christian faith when they hit college. Mm-hmm. So what are the practical things, John, that you do not just to keep yourself in the faith, but to help keep the other believers. Yeah, how do you keep those Calvinists in the faith at the school that you go to? He <laughs> <laughs> goes to a Christian school. Well, I know. He said Calvin. No, but I mean, how, how are you, what are the things that you think churches and you and your own personal ministry need to be doing to keep young people um, in the flock, so to speak? Well, there definitely has to be. I, I'm not saying I've developed a way yet, but I think we have to develop a way in which to get people interested in truth in general to actually make them seek the truth because you know a lot out when i used to talk to people in my class they didn't even care about these things and that's almost it's not even skepticism a lot of the time it's this post-truth age where you know you can believe what you believe just as long as it doesn't affect me of course they can go into well sort of the pascal wager way well really this could affect you if it is true yeah so i I think we have to make apologetics in a way where it communicates with my age group because just handing someone a book, they're not going to read it. Or just giving them a lecture, they're not going to... They may listen to it or not, but they won't... uh, Unless they present it in a way in which they do communicate with it. And I think uh, we need to be more creative in our apologetics approach. Uh, Creative how? Creative... Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I sometimes just take it for granted and think that, oh, if you hand someone a, a business card or a book, they're just going to read it and I'm going to seek it for themselves. But that's the, that's the hardest part for me as an apologist, a young apologist is getting people interested in it because I'll have conversations and sometimes it just seems like you get nowhere. Yeah. And, tr- uh, I, I, I think the biggest focus should be truth first. Yeah. Then, uh, you go you should say well you should start with a man who claimed to be the truth and see if he works out see i found in in churches i guess that would be one way i go yeah in churches either very few churches but some churches few are gung-ho about apologetics and then some churches which i would say are most either grown or have never thought much about it at all when you talk about apologetics some of them grown about it some of them are just ignorant of apologetics and so with all the apologetics that's in social media and all the apologetics that is now littering Amazon and Christian bookstores, whatever ones are left, it's still a niche thing. What, 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 is, what is keeping it? Because I've thought about this for, what, 20 years now. What, what is keeping apologetics out of churches? You know, I'll what, tell, where, have we, where have we failed? In, I'll tell you, it's a, there, there's a little bit, there could be a little bit of a generational thing here. When it comes to uh, churches, for instance, um, you know, just a few weeks ago, as you know, I, I went to a church in, um, uh, hey, David Wood's got a new video. Um, I went to a church in uh, Cookville, Tennessee, uh, which is a big college town. And uh, this pastor didn't really know much, I don't think. Uh, he, he may have known some apologetics, but he, he wouldn't have called himself an apologist. So he had me come in, and, and on a Sunday night, I just gave a talk on the resurrection and then answered questions for about 30 minutes. And his crap, his people loved it so much. And I don't think of that as me bragging on myself. That's not what I want 
people to take from this. But it was just that they had never, uh, most of them had no idea that there were people like that. And um, so, so when he, and what happened was that night, the place had lots of young people there, the college people that, that are in that college town. He then had my dad come <coughs> uh, just recently for uh, a prophecy thing, because dad does prophecy type, eschatology type stuff. And that's his thing. That's not so much my thing. And guess what? That was the one that the other generations went to. Yeah. So there's so that, you know, because it very much was the case in previous decades that that sort of thing was the thing that got everybody's blood pumping. Because in the 20th century, uh, th this is obviously needs to be caveated. But for the most part, uh, particularly the middle of the 20th century, everybody would was culturally Christian. You know, yeah. most people there were atheists off in godless New York somewhere or California, but not where I live in Cookville, Tennessee. And so everybody had these these prophecy type conferences. And those people remember that and they still like that. But I don't think they recognize I don't think most of the boomers and people like that recognize that these younger people love it and the older people will love it if they if once they're in it because i had as many older people asking me questions as anything else yeah but what we've seen it's not just young people leaving the church it's all age brackets young people being the largest segment but even even people in you know there's still boomers there's still gen xers walking away from the church too well and let's remember yeah. they're leaving denominations yeah. And some of those that are leaving the denominations are going to non-denominational uh, non churches. Some are falling into the, they're identifying as what they always were, which is unbelievers yeah. of various sorts. But, we're, but, but as we saw, as we've been seeing in multiple, did you moderate that debate with the, uh, was the distributist or something like that? I don't think I, I, the two I remember on top of my head was the one on uh, slavery between scholar fiction, digital, Amurabi, praise I am, and uh, Jesus is Lord. And then uh, one between inspiring philosophy and some pagan arguing whether Easter is pagan. Yeah, 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 that's 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 fun. So, okay, let me ask you this question. Um, what, uh, if you were not into apologetics, let's just say that apologetics was not a thing and the vast majority of the world was Christian. I mean, like everybody was a Christian. What other Christian discipline do you think that you would be into with this sort of, or something close to this level of passion? I bet I can guess, but you tell me. Um, geez. Well, this hypothetical, it's almost like if apologetics didn't exist, I don't even think I would be a Christian. But uh, I'll go. With no, you will because in the hypothetical, everybody's a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> what other yeah. What other Christian discipline or 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 even secular or any what other academic pursuit? No, 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 no. I want it Christian. Oh, you what want Christian, Christian discipline? Yeah. Uh, you know, pastoral ministry, theology, soteriology, yeah. eschatology, well, that's theology. The, well, yes. fine, fine. Yeah. Are you more towards specific theology like uh, eschatology and stuff, or I don't know, just whatever, whatever comes to your mind. Theology. So I, that's what I pegged. That's what, what I thought. Yeah, because yeah. he's a Molinist. If you're a Molinist, you've thought about those things to a great depth. Well, and plus his context, God, he's in a context where that, that's, proper. you know, soteriology is a big issue. So, yeah. yeah. So soteriology would be your number two pick to apologetics. Yeah. Well, here's, uh, well me I too. think it does tie it to apologetics without Molinism and stuff. So Yeah, yeah. apologetics, soteriolo soteriology, and evangelism seem to uh seem to mix well they pair well so uh 
any favorite voices on that issue, or do you, or do you, are you fearful to discuss it? Uh, James White has clearly debunked Molinism, so I, I guess I should stop being a Molinist. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, who, don't who, you love this? Who's kid? God's <laughs> card dealer? Who dealt God the cards? Yeah, yeah, uh, but literally on their view, God is fated to deal one one card every time, right? Because uh, most of them would hold to like absolute divine simplicity, and James White does do this, and literally God's knowledge can't have any distinctions, so. He's fated to always create the same world. If if you replay or you you know you do the Matt Dillahunty time travel, it's going to be the same way every time for God. So God has dealt his one card. Yeah. yeah. Well, and not all Calvinists. See, I'm a. Uh, if, if, are you a member of our Trinity Radio Primetime group on Facebook? I don't think I am. I oh I well in there I yeah well in there I I always you know people know that I'm not a Calvinist, but I. I not as much of a hobby horse issue as it used to be for me, but I, I always list like my favorite reformed authors, uh, the ones that I recommend read because it isn't a monolithic tradition. You know, there are, there are nuances among Calvinist scholars. And so uh, of course, most of my list is pretty much reformed uh, and Presbyterian, the reformed Baptist crowd, very shallow pool uh, they don't have a deep bench like the the, the Westminster tradition does. So th- those would be my recommendations. I, I do like uh, engaging with Reformed theology as well, not just Reformed soteriology. Uh, so, so even the Reformed tradition is broader than that, and I think the Reformed Baptists like James White focus so much on soteriology that they forget the wider tradition of Reformed theology proper, which I would argue that conservative Arminian Wesley Methodists are more reformed because they baptize babies than reformed Baptists are who don't, you know, uh, but that's a different fight <laughs> than, you know, but, but so reformed theology is interesting to me. It's just not something I buy into. See, uh, Dr. Pritchett is in uh, New Testament studies and biblical studies and stuff. So whenever we tripped over into that subject, that's where he gets excited like we do about apologetics. But um so uh, I get excited about uh, evangelistic apologetics. Amen. I don't get excited amen. about accomplished nothing apologetics. Naval gazing apologetics is is, and that's yeah. one thing that I, I worry about this next generation being naval gazers instead of active and uh, evangelistic yeah. about. That's it. right. Don't you know? don't look at navels, especially if you're not married to the person that has that navel. Um, so let me ask you this: Where do you want to be in the end? If you like. If God shows up and he says, I'm going to use you greatly in Christian apologetics what or whatever in, in, in for Christianity, what are you going to do? What, what would you say? Okay, well, then here's what I want. I, w- I want to, if you'll let me choose, I want this, that, and the other thing. That's what I would, that's just like my pipe dream. World domination, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think the more... Yeah, huh? you're, you're oh. the Antichrist. You want to be the Antichrist. <laughs> no, kidding. Um, where am I? No, I am kidding. <laughs> I like this. But uh, <laughs> I, I think God has me heading towards, uh, you know, towards the William Lane Craig area, I guess, more more of a theologian, philosopher, and uh, worldwide apologist, maybe. That's, what, that's what you want to do? So, so huh? it's, it's full-time apologetics. Do you want to be... Yeah. Uh, professor of apologetics, or do you want to have a robust apologetics ministry and maybe adjunct if needed? But 
you really want to be do you want to be you're not are you debating now or are you going to start doing debates or uh the only like i won't i don't want to say major debate but i did debate an open theist in like january hmm. uh is that online somewhere I, yeah it's on modern day debate okay i basically uh argued for molinism maybe debating a unitarian on uh, the trinity so i've been preparing for that possibly oh yeah chris day yeah. Or, uh, he had a recent debate with uh dale tuggy you might want to check that out it was a really interesting debate on that topic so good, a lot of good yeah. stuff there well that, but that's good yeah. it's not you're not see this is what i like too he's not just focusing on atheists which i have long argued for apologists to not just focus on the atheist so you're my new favorite man you're doing it right <laughs> Yeah, debate broadly, right? Right, debate yeah. other things yeah. besides those I've debated, God exists. I've debated two things. I know, but he's <laughs> talking about debate, defending traditional Orthodox Trinitarian theology. Yeah. And what was the other one? Uh, open open theism. theism. Yeah. Way to go. Wait, I'm proud, man. That's awesome. Well, listen, uh, John, we're going to wrap this up soon. Is there anything... Uh, that you would you say, want to plug? Uh, yeah, about your channel or just uh, you know uh, anything you want to sermonize about or uh, confront Pritchett with about any sins he might have. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, yeah. this is your time. Yeah, I have a whole list prepared for Doctor Pritchett. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan, it's Jonathan. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, the whole purpose of my website ministry basically is Christian truth being spread through apologetics, and I basically argue that the new form of evangelism, or a, a new popular form of evangelism should be apologetics, because I do believe apologetics is a form of evangelism. Um, so I, I do purport to that, which all that is on my website, ChristianTruthThroughApologetics.com. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, then... Please do. Yeah. And I also have a Patreon if people want to support me on that as well, like Trendy Radio does. Yeah, you know, that that's um, uh, an important thing. Like, uh, obviously, it'd be great if people would become your patrons, but and, and we hope they will do that, uh, and, and then we hope they'll become our patrons too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but but here's the thing. Uh, subscri subs yeah, I don't think most – there's a lot of consumers out there that just listen to our content. Um, your content, our content, and they're not YouTubers. And so they might not appreciate the effect that clicking that subscribe button has. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a commercial or something, but for instance, there are features that your channel and my channel just this year are able to now take advantage of because we have a certain number of subscribers. And so right. that's really helpful. It doesn't cost you anything. So um, even if you never plan on watching John Dunphy again, go subscribe to his channel. Yeah, and we'll help ours, the kid out and, and become his patron <laughs> yeah. and ours. Yeah, and if you're one of John Dunphy's people, come subscribe to our channel. But uh, listen, uh, the thing I wanted to highlight about this, and the reason that I wanted to have John on, uh, other than that he's become a friend, I think I was down in Atlanta, Georgia, the other day, um, doing some seminary work, and talked to John for like an hour on the phone, just about this, that, and the other. And we become friends, I think, and and so that's that's a cool thing. But I wanted to have him on to highlight that this idea that young people are are not interested in apologetics and not impressed with the evidence and that we have on our side um, of things, leaving the that, faith in droves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and of course, this is an easy 
tee up for some skeptic in the comments to yeah. say, well, yeah, you went and found the one, right? No, he's not the only one. There are a lot out there. It's just that John has actually uh, made the moves to develop now an influential channel, yeah. uh, a potent channel. Uh, and, and, so, and by the way, those atheists, because of people like John, switch teams and come our way too. So yeah. let's not yeah, ignore those atheist deconversions stories. Well, I, I think all the young folks my age who are atheists or are non-believers are, are because they haven't looked at the evidence. So whenever they brag right. about this, just like, yeah, they haven't done much research. Yeah, so maybe what we need to do is just go on uh, the channel when there's, when there's a, a young atheist guy on uh, debating. We say, well, he's obviously got a high IQ. He's pretty smart. He'll be a Christian before. That's right. Yeah. Just leave those comments everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, John, listen, we've really enjoyed having you here and uh, we're excited about what God's going to do with your ministry going forward. And we do encourage everyone to follow you and subscribe and do all those things that you do on social media. And um, uh, we'll get you in the Trinity Radio primetime discussion forum and then you can push your stuff. I think in while there we were talking, he was he, he requested to join. <laughs> Good. So he's in there. And, and here's here's what I tell everybody before you go. Here's what I tell everybody. I'm terrible at this YouTube stuff, podcasting stuff. If you post it and you are free to post your content in our group, if you don't post it, I'll never watch it. So you have to post it in our group and I'll watch it. If you so, care if he watches it. Yeah, if you want me to watch. Well, no, I think a lot of people are like, because I've gotten on I to. I think a lot of people care if I've I watch it. On to, I've, gotten, you can, I've gotten on to several pastors who say, I listen to your sermons if you post it. Yeah. Bro down. Post your stuff in our forum because if you don't, I'll forget. Yeah. So, so please, please spam our forum with your content. And it's clear, it's clear that you're yeah. not familiar with all the social media stuff because it's not a forum; it's a group. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> all right, John. John, we've had a blast with you. Yeah. Spam, spam our group. Hey, keep us. And updated. for all the rest of you, check out our sister podcasts. Uh, uh, the Bible Brodown with Billy Wendell and Matt Chisholm, Soteriology 101 with Leighton Flowers, and Steve Gregg's The Narrow Path. And, uh, yeah, do check us out on patreon.com slash trinityradio. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, check that out. And we'll see you next time on Trinity Thank radio. you, John. Trinity. No problem. Trinity Radio. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>